Hello and welcome to Bounty Hunt, a weekly breakdown of the latest episodes of Star Wars Television, brought to you by the Mutini Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jacob, joined by my good friends JG, Oz, and our special guest this week, Steven. This week, we're diving into The Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 4, A Different Approach, to give you our in-depth breakdown and analysis. Before we get started, though, with this week's conversation, we want to quickly thank our sponsor, The Cosmic Force, a Utini podcast all about Star Wars comics. You can catch them, and by them I mean me and Oz, as well as our friend Caleb, every single Wednesday to hear our discussion on the latest releases in Star Wars comics. Stay tuned for more details about The Cosmic Force later in the show. But with that out of the way, let's jump into it. JG, Oz, Steven, how are y'all folks doing tonight? Doing great. Fantastic. New Bad Batch? Good, good start to the end of the week. Yeah, um, doing very well. As I mentioned, uh, the Cosmic Force listeners will know, although I guess... I don't know how release times work for this, but I am. This will come out first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this podcast will be out before. If you li- if you do listen to the Cosmic Force, you'll find out next week that I am in Las Vegas at the moment, uh, which is a lot of fun. But I'm here for work, which is why I'm taking a night to podcast about Star Wars TV. Um, so I'm very happy to be here. Uh, we're very happy to have Steven as well. Steven, we hung out last week after the debut of The Bad Batch, so... Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing super good. Thanks for having me. And thanks for uh, picking us up from the airport. Um, we were flying back <laughs> from Florida and we had a layover. We had a five-hour layover in Oz's neck of the woods. And so uh, hung out, had a few beers. It was a good time, talked some Star Wars. And uh, now we're going to do the same thing. Awesome. Well, it's very fitting that Oz is in Las Vegas for this specific episode of The Bad Batch but we'll get into that conversation a bit later. Uh, so starting off, this this episode kind of starts off with a bang, with a, uh, well, a crash landing of sorts. Um, and we are on a planet that I did not go back and check, check the subtitles and see what it's called. But I don't know. I think it was a pretty cool environment. We got like a, I don't know, a sea sort of feeling planet. It's not quite Narshada level, but it's definitely, I mean, you can kind of, you can get the vibe, like, People are bribing imperial governors. Children are taking bribes outside of, of bars. Like it, it is a vibe. Yeah, I I hesitate. I I don't want to become a meme of myself, but you know that the the meme with the butterfly where it's like, is this blank? Um, anytime I see a, a seedy underworld or like just a little bit of prison or anything like that, I'm like, is this Andor? Uh, <laughs> it's not yeah. This whole episode, I'm like, oh, we're doing Andor again because, I mean, last week we talked about Andor a lot because of uh, Omega and Crosshair in the prison felt very Andor-esque. And this new world, whatever it was, uh, I don't know if StarWars.com has information on this planet. Usually they publish it like right after we're done recording. I think it's like a Thursday night, Friday morning thing. So So when you're listening, go go check StarWars.com and it'll tell you all the Wikipedia information that we don't know yet. But it was a very cool planet, and I, yeah, I, I dug it. I'm with you. Yeah, same. I, sorry, go ahead, JG. No, go ahead. I no, same. It's uh, I kept turning. Sally and I watched it this morning, and I kept turning to her saying, "This episode's really pretty, even though it's such a dark and and dreary place." Um, it yeah, it did remind me of of Andor in a way, specifically the very first episode of Andor when we see him walking um, up to that the brothel of, of sports. Um, yeah, I, yes. I loved the vibe of this episode. And I think um, in terms of vibes of this episode, I loved 
I, I don't know why I'm a sucker for this, but stormtroopers wearing like cloaks over their stormtrooper yes. like, It's a great look. We had that a couple times in this episode, which I, I don't know why I'm a sucker for it, but I love it. Well, it's very Calcastus coded, right? <laughs> poncho gang. Throw a poncho on. Well, yeah. Planet I mean, gave me a lot of Kijimi vibes. Like I know, obviously, it's mm-hmm. not Kijimi, but very similar in the atmosphere it. and style. I can see it. Check out Podamer and Freefall. The the one I was about <laughs> to make that joke, and I was like, no, I don't want to be Oz right now and make a freaking well young adult obscure reference. Between the two of us, one of us is going to have to do it. I think one of the strongest or one of the most interesting fun parts of this episode on this planet was definitely the Imperial Captain. Uh, I saw some from some uh, British homies on Twitter that this dude has a I think it was a oh gosh they called out the regional accent I, I want to say Yorkshire accent but I could be wrong. Um, you know, it all. It all well, come. if I could speak as someone whose brother-in-law is British, uh-huh. I don't have a damn clue. <laughs> See, I have no idea. Good, good, good. But you know, when I heard him talk, I I thought that I was like, "Ooh, he's got a cool little British accent." Like that's a that's a fun little imperial quirk. He's the bad guy. He's got a British accent. Mm-hmm. Love it. They they love to make. I love how Star Wars has always made British people bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's right. I love it. Yeah, except for that first, like, little, like, 15 minutes of Leia in A New Hope where she kind of is doing a British accent and then never does it again. Like, it's like the first few days of filming. They were like, Carrie, we want you to do an accent. And then she decided to stop. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I did double check. It is a Yorkshire accent. But I also, yeah, just like the, you know... Everything has a price. The just like the you know, I need you to constantly grease the wheels of my my little local setup we have here. I'm gonna even kidnap your dog after you beat me in poker. I think it's a, a I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a he was a a fun guy. Uh, definitely fit the imperial vibe. Captain Man, to be specific, actually. Yeah, yeah. his last name was Man. Yeah, yeah with two ends. <laughs> with man. two ends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, I guess I guess you could say they really stuck it to the man. Uh, 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 uh. Um, um, so for everyone listening this is Stephen's last time yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been great talking to you Stephen thank you so much for coming this weekend uh, but yeah um, uh, speaking of going back to what you said about poker it was, they weren't playing Sabacc well, that wasn't Sabacc I have no it? idea I had that written out I said what game are they playing Not um, and related I hadn't thought about this until I was watching this episode today we see some bot cards in Solo. Is that the only... So they're like paper cards, uh-huh. and paper notoriously is not in Star Wars, right? Well... So we... <laughs> Jacob and I did a, a commentary for Empire Strikes Back, which... But has, also, uh, you know, deleted The Last Jedi has paper. Well, that... Mm-hmm. But that was intentionally ancient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Just like paper cards are a fun sort of weird thing. And yeah, I was curious what that game was. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I feel like it's... You know, the main ones you got... Uh, Sabak, Pazak, if you're, you know, really feeling spicy, and then just other variations of Sabak, it feels like. There's like two or three different versions of the game. Yeah. Uh, I have Which, no idea what I don't know. Played. I don't know where y'all stand on this film series, but um, if you're James Bond fans, that whole scene was just Casino Royale, but Star Wars, like, um, <laughs> in fact, I love Casino Royale as a movie, the first Daniel Craig movie, but the poker scene, I hate hate so much because every time they're playing a hand they cut back to the bar and it's his cia handler is just explaining the rules of the game and they mm-hmm. did that same thing here 
where they're cutting to the bartender, which is a very cool bartender droid, but he's just like, ooh, this hand means he she wins, right? But I don't know. I thought it was very much like Casino Royale, which was sort of a neat, probably not intentional reference, but... Mm-hmm. Just uh, Casino Royale without the fan. torture sequence. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the uh, bartender droid, uh, that is the same model as the uh, bartender droid in the Resistance bar. Oh, okay. A little All shout right. out for Resistance. Oh, in, <laughs> wait, in and Z's in bar, the, like in Star in yeah. Star Wars Resistance, in the Star Wars Resistance series. and Z. Yes, the yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had the bartender written down and did not realize. I don't think it's the same one, but it's the same like model. Yeah, yeah, that's still cool. Yeah, he was a very cool droid. Yes, I just had a rad bartender droid written down. So Watch Resistance; cool. you'll see see that model again. JG is Resistance's <laughs> biggest fan. That's not a joke for sure. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Batcher because Batcher's kind of played an interesting role mm-hmm. in this first four episodes of the season. Talked a lot on the last episode of Bounty Hunt about how he kind of, you know, plays a key part in Omega and her compassion and how that has led her to escape from Wayland. Uh, now, obviously, she's going after him again. Is Batcher the heart of this TV show so far this season? Uh-huh. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes, okay, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, so I, I saw, I, I think it was either one of the composers. Are the Kiners doing this one or? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Are, so I was either them or one of the showrunners. Someone tweeted something saying, I dare anyone to not cry at the finale of this show. That's not, that's not a great sign. <laughs> no. And I'm, I'm based on what you're saying of, you know, Batcher is the heart of this show. I, I really hope he doesn't die. She, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Badger's a girl. I didn't yeah. know that until this episode either. I don't remember that. Um, yeah. I also was speaking of things I didn't know. I It wasn't until our little prep for this show when we were writing notes that I realized Batcher has the word batch in it. Correct. Yeah. The, yeah. the, uh, the, the uh, Kiwi accent kind of like muddles it in my mind, but yes. Yeah, last week we talked about <laughs> the three of us weren't sure what the animal's name was mm-hmm. because of uh, the badger of Omega's accent. <laughs> but and we we didn't get any really good nors today. But I do love her accent. But yeah, Batcher is great. I love that not only did they rescue her, but she's just like an ongoing, not even just companion. She's like part of the whole thing. Yeah. And it's not that because like I think it's interesting that we lost tech in the last mm. in that season, and now we have like kind of somewhat yes yes we did. Uh, <laughs> is, is and now we have like Batcher dog. Kind of... <laughs> yeah, Batcher's Omega's therapy dog. Uh, book it. Yeah, have you ever gotten a, on a plane with a someone with an emotional support animal and they're taking up too much space? Yeah, that's going to be Batcher <laughs> on the the Havoc Marauder the rest of the yes. season. <laughs> Um, I also really love the, uh, I put this in our notes, basically the reluctant dog dadification of Crosshair because like Crosshair oh, the whole time is like, I don't want, like, we, we need to ditch this dog. What are you doing? And now he's going to be like, you know, by like the end of like episode six, he's going to be like falling asleep on the ship cuddled up next to this dog. Yes. It's like, it's, you know, it's going to happen. But beyond that, I think like moving on, I like obviously other really big emotional beats before we kind of like dive deeper on some of these character moments was obviously the big reunion with Hunter, with Wrecker, 
the big brother, the dad of Omega, essentially. Um, were we surprised that this happened this soon in the season? A little bit. A, a little bit because I, Star Wars has kind of done this. And I, I thought that with the three episode premiere that we were going to get, my assumption was that we were going to get another three episode arc of Omega with Crosshair before they find the rest of the team. That was my assumption. And getting that, I'm, I'm fine with them coming back together. It's totally fine. And I felt earned and justified. It was just sooner than I expected. Stars has a habit of sometimes, especially in the animated shows, have a habit of meandering. Um, and so I think for once it's a really nice breath of fresh air that we're getting to the point here a little bit. Um, and I think that it wouldn't have felt this way if we had like a week for each of those first three episodes. I think if we actually um, like spaced that out, it would actually have been like, you know, a month almost. And we're we'll like, oh, wow. But because we did get the three episodes, like, Mm -hmm. it feels so much quicker. But, like, time has passed. That's true. Yeah. Um, And we we spoke with with Stephen joining us. He asked a question. He asked what our sort of family level filter was. And even though we told him not to, I might briefly mention the F word that a lot of people are talking about, but is is filler. Right. And uh, (laughs) I hate this. this. It's one of the worst discourses in the fandom it really is um because a lot of people will call this episode filler and i don't think they're wrong from like an objective technical webster's dictionary standpoint but this is why filler episodes are so great is because it was such a good episode for especially crosshair and then obviously we end the episode with the reunion is 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 why you can't call it filler yeah. But the rest of it is just a side adventure, and that's okay. Like, why it, Why are we so against things that, you know, don't matter? I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now, which y'all can't see because it's an audio podcast. But I don't know. It's just, Yeah, I, I think I, like, agree with the point of, like, filler's not necessarily bad, but I don't even know if I would concede to the point that this is even close to being filler because, like, we start I, the, yeah. the episode starts at point A and it ends at point B of we're meeting, you know, back where we had this reunion. Unless you wanted them to start the episode re- reuniting, like if if, <laughs> if this took like three episodes, then we can kind of have start to have this conversation. But we have, you know, a big you know some character moments, some growth, which we'll get into in a little bit for Omega and for Crosshair. But then we also, you know, again we we have. We are three, sorry, four episodes into the season, and we already have them reunited. Where, like, let's be real, if we were at Bad Batch season two pace, it would be season or episode eight before they met yes. up. So, it, this this season is moving, I think, probably because it is also the last season, and they, you know, probably have a lot they want to tackle that that is contributing to the pace we're getting. But uh, yeah, I don't think we are in filler conversation quite yet. Again, if if Sid shows back up and has them go do a random like mission one-off that doesn't really contribute too much. Um, then again, we can talk, but right now we are not in filler territory. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people are going to call this if it wasn't for that last minute, which was beautiful, by the way, um, if it wasn't for that, people would call it filler and it would be a bummer because people would skip over this episode, even though it had so much good stuff. It's so good. This is my favorite episode of the season so far. And I've loved, I I would argue that this, so so far, four episodes in, 
I think this is potentially the strongest start to any Star Wars animated show. It's like, it is a very strong intro. Every episode has just been a banger. Yeah. Interesting. I don't I, know. Um, yeah. I'm not saying the well, whole, I, I don't know I, if the whole season will be as good as this, but I think as a start, the four episodes in, it's fair. solid. Yeah, I I loved this. I we we uh, naturally all have a big group chat in uh, in our Slack, but some people were like, "Oh, this was good, but not as good as some other things." I I am with you, Stephen. I have really really liked the way they've started this season with a bang, and it it does feel like every moment matters. And they're just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, for sure. Consistency. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I like. I guess we don't. We don't really like news. Is not a normal thing for this particular podcast. But I am very excited because they. I saw today that they are hiring more like mid-level full-time animators at Lucasfilm, which like obviously, with the exception of maybe Young Jedi Adventures getting more things, there isn't a whole lot of certainty with, with the future of animation for Star Wars, but it, it seems like we're getting, we're probably getting something in the near future, which like, isn't that surprising, but just the fact that they are hiring is, is promising for me. So hopefully more of this, like this good shit, this good Star Wars animation would make me happy. Yeah. And if we have time at the end of talking about this episode, we could talk about maybe what we think is next. Ooh. Cause I have some idea. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, we, maybe bonus episode in the future. There's, we, we could, we could, we could riff That's on that. Many hours on that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll subject the patrons to that or something. I don't know. Anyways, moving on a little bit, I want to talk specifically about the title of this episode, which was different approach. I really, you know, obviously they kind of like straight up say it, at the end when they're escaping that planet. But, I, I, you know, I do like comparing the approaches of Crosshair versus the approaches of Omega. Because, obviously, Omega's tactics have kind of got us to where we are in this episode. That She kind of carried episodes one and three of getting them off the planet with her plan. And she, you know, she's trying to execute her plan. It, you know, it still is mildly successful. Like, because of her, they ended up with a bunch of money that they would not have had beforehand. And... Barring some dog napping, they would have probably gotten away with it uh, if it weren't for that meddling Imperial captain. But then obviously Crosshair <laughs> does serve a purpose and it's kind of, I think, both of them need to learn from each other. So I wonder what everyone's thoughts kind of on those approaches are. I think it's almost a look at like even like where we're heading in the, in the Star Wars story with the fact of how there's different approaches at Rebellion and such. Mm-hmm. Um, these two characters obviously have different approaches and how they've been raised and how they're doing these missions and such um but ultimately it's going to come down to being flexible and knowing that the different different times are going to call for different situations and different opportunities and it's not being stuck in one way which i think is a lot of how like the empire has have, we've seen the empire struggle ray and or reference there jg i really appreciate that different rebellion approaches i know you know <laughs> i know you love that show so much <laughs> gotta do my little part as I mentioned, JG loves Star Wars Resistance. I will point this out to our listeners as often as I can. JG is not an Andor fan. <laughs> not a hater. Just not his not favorite. Not a hater. Just not a fan. Not a hater only out of necessity because JG, I, I don't think, could ever be a hater of anything. Even if something he didn't like at all wouldn't be a hater. But he and I <laughs> have, have talked plenty about uh, Andor, and this show is just I guess for JG is better and or, but no, it really is. It, it, there, there is difference in the approach. What I loved most about the sort of 
crosshair approach versus the Omega approach was that moment. I, I crosshair gets a lot. He's kind of like Vader. He gets a lot of badass one liners. Mm-hmm. He goes, I could take out half of them before they even realize what's happening. And I'm like, yeah, he could. And, and probably then take out the rest of them after they did realize it. But he sits back, he lets Omega do her thing. And then eventually later, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. she lets him do his thing. And that that's a really cool dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, I really appreciate that the handoff between the two uh, in that moment. Mm-hmm. Although you said something that was kind of a nice uh, transition point that I don't know if I would agree with right now is that he Ooh. could t- he could take out all of them right now. I mean, obviously he does, but we still see, you know, in episode three, we see he has his tremors and he's missing shots. Uh, in this episode, there's like a, a, a stormtrooper like up on like a watchtower more or less, and it takes him like several tries to get him down. And obviously, like season two crosshair or season one crosshair would just like you know mm-hmm. close his eyes and pull the trigger and it's over. Um, so yeah, like obviously something I think is physically or mentally up with crosshair, and is this going to catch up with him in the long run? Do we think? That I. Don't want to think about that. <laughs> Valid. I I really like Crosshair, and I, mostly because I love all of the Bad Batch characters. But I think that Crosshair is this is a subjective opinion, but an objective fact is the most interesting of all of the Bad Batch characters. I think he has the most depth and the most he's complex. And I think in this episode. When it comes to a different approach, I think that that is not just in conjunction, like it doesn't just pertain to this episode, but into just Crosshair as a person where he has, he is broken and he is trying, he has to approach things differently now and he has to um, try and see things um, from a different point of view. And I think that that makes him a, a very well, not well-rounded, but a uh, an evolving character. I, I He's so interesting. I really like Crosshair a lot. One thing that I saw that we did not mention on our last episode, apparently um, in the season opener, that was the first time he had used Omega's name. He always called her like Kid or something. Oh, uh, no way. I, I, I have not verified that, but I did see some people saying that that was the first time he referred to her by o- Omega. So, uh, yes, yeah, oh. very interesting things about what he's been through with his time as a, you know, a, a kind of willing Imperial to where he is now. So, again, different approach. He is seeing things differently than he even did, I suppose, as a, you know, a Republic trooper um, before he even joined the Empire. So, um, you you see them grow a lot. I mean, it started from the first from the first arc where he's like, I'm not worth saving. And then she does save him obviously. And now they have this whole back and forth, which leads me to my question that I think is, is kind of the overarching theme for this episode is does crosshair have the most earned redemption arc of anyone in star Wars, which I know is a hot take because star Wars is all about redemption. You've got Darth Vader, you've got Kylo Ren, uh, you've got Asajj Ventress, depending on your other definitions, you know, Boba Fett, Finn, maybe. I mean, maybe even Han Solo in A New Hope. That's fair. Yeah. and But, like, 
I think I, I don't want to get in too in, in the weeds on like the rise of Skywalker or anything <laughs> like that, but like this is well, I think it was the season one finale we talked about last week that um, Crosshair revealed that he removed his own inhibitor chip, mm-hmm. and and that was such a cool actual literal evil villain moment but now he's turning kind of back into one of the bad batch and it doesn't feel like just a reversion like yeah. is, is this kind of a a goat moment for star wars redemptions i i could agree with that i wouldn't even say that it because you said it's not necessarily a reversion it's not like he's like decided to be good again I think that he's really reluctant. He's like a reluctant villain or and a reluctant hero at the same time where mm. he is he has been so loyal to the empire because I think for him it's all he knows and he's just he's trying I think to do what he thinks is right and the the both the republic turned empire is who he's been loyal to and then I think for him you know I think the best the best villains in my opinion are the ones that are a sympathetic villain, a one who thinks that they're doing the right thing and they think that they're the good guy, not just some like mustache twirling bad guy, but Crosshair the whole time, like he thinks that he's doing the right thing. And he's like, yeah, he, uh, like in his eyes, the rest of the Bad Batch, they're the bad guys because they betrayed, they are disloyal to the Empire, like, and, and who they've been serving, you know, this whole time. And and so he is. I think he's confused by them. But now he's seeing. He's like, oh, I. It's that whole thing of like, are we the, are we the bad guys? Are we the baddies? Like, are we yeah. the baddies? Are we the baddies? Yeah. Are we the baddies? I think that that's. I think Crosshair realized that at that that episode in season two on the snow planet. Yeah, where he's like, wow, I hate this guy. Sally and I rewatched that episode the other day, and man, that I episode is so that good. Imperial officer, so good. I think so the jury's going to be still out because, like, we're still in the middle of, of his story. And so yeah. I'm not ready to call it GOAT yet. But I think the groundwork is there. Um, but there's still a lot of wrinkles and, and things that could play out. And next, there's still a lot of show for, for right. his story to go. And south. obviously, like, we're, you know, based on the tone at the end of the episode, you know, the, the it's going to be a kind of rocky reunion to start with, with him coming back to the batch. And, you know, even if, we don't even really know if he is going to be technically there for the long haul. Maybe they 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 have a split. Omega stays and he gets sent away or something. Who knows? Um, it is kind of helpful that the I guess the magnitude of his crimes compared to some of the other redemption stories we've gotten in Star Wars are not as bad. So it's not you know it's not like a yeah oh my god how could we ever forgive Vader if he lived kind of type thing you know. It, Crosshair was a, a, a shitty dude, but he was quite literally a cog in a imperial war machine. So, yeah. yeah. As far as like war crimes go, he killed people, but he didn't like orchestrate yeah. genocide. He didn't yeah. blow up Camino, okay? He did not blow up Camino. <laughs> God, that episode's still he, so insane. He didn't blow up Alderaan. He That's didn't true. Blow, we, I mean, we could list a lot of places that got <laughs> but, blown up that he didn't do. Yes, far fewer sins to atone for, in my mind. Um, agreed but yeah yeah we'll see we'll see kind of where they go from here uh one other thing i want to definitely talk about um is omega being an aberration this is something that nala say mentions to um to uh hemlock yeah hemlocks uh when she's held captive on tantus 
there's obviously, you know, obviously something is interesting about Omega physically, genetically, however you want to say it. Aberration is this, you know, is she a 99? Well, you know, again, it's a, it's, it's a woman clone. Something is different here, but you know, what kind of aberration is she really? Can we, yeah, I don't know. So are you wondering would was she on purpose or an accident? Maybe. I mean, I don't I know that about myself. There's, yeah, <laughs> you know, Steve, we all we all stay up late at night thinking these questions, but I don't know. There's just so many ways this could go. But what? Yeah, what is the aberration of Omega? I mean, I think the genetic one is well. Uh, Oz, you are muted. Oh God, dang it! I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> well, um, the genetic reason, obviously, is a, a, is obvious how she's an ob- aberration because she is objectively different. Right. Um, but there's the question of was it on purpose or was it like a Boba Fett thing where they were like, oh, we're going to make this. But then there's the – and I forget the scientist lady's name. No, I'll say. Oh, Emery, yeah. No, no, no. Emery is uh, a similar clone to uh, to Omega, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. That was a weird thing for for Nalse to be like, well, yeah, but don't don't worry about that test result because Omega doesn't count. Yeah, it's I don't know. There's just like so many like my mind kind of struggles to understand what Omega's design purpose out. Like, there's so many questions I have about her that I just feel like. I will never have an idea until they just straight up shake my dumb self and be like, this is the answer, you idiot. <laughs> like, that's what I'm waiting for, I think, at this point, honestly. Basically, when Nala says on her dying breath, <laughs> talking to Omega. Yeah. And Omega, come close. Listen to me. Rosebud. <laughs> yeah, with my long 13-foot neck, my final breath. <laughs> Which I will I will say, I wrote down that Nala say is becoming a S tier glup. Yes. But really with this series, she's moving out of the glup shido territory. She's becoming like a a real character. Like is she more you know, a, is she more of a character or more recognizable than Tonway? The thing is, <laughs> ask anyone on the street to name one Kaminoan and they can't. And then ask any hardcore Star Wars fans to differentiate three Kaminoans. That is true. So can. Hey, we can never forget Hallie Bertoni, my favorite Star Wars character name of all time. It's so ridiculous. Could you just stop for once? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Nala Say is is killing it this season. She's yeah. my favorite character, genuinely, in this show. The way that in the last episode, she was like, oh, no, Omega escaped. I was next to you the whole time. I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she's just, like, on Omega's side. She clearly, like, is not a good person because mm-hmm. she's very much a science ahead of humanity thing. Yes. But for for some reason, with Omega, she's like, no, nah, I'm going to protect her. That's her weak point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know why, but I love it. And I think a big thing, too, I know a lot of people, like, make jokes and memes about it, but I think a big thing does go to the performance, too. Like, uh, Gwendolyn Yao, like, absolutely killing it with the delivery in, in the lines. Yeah, she's just great. One thing I want to... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Steven. My my wife's favorite character of the show is 
Malisei. And she, her, it's never going to happen. But her wish is that she wants Malisei by the end of the show to like kick all the asses, like to do some mm. sort of <laughs> like she fights everybody. And it, it won't happen, but I, I'm like, I love that you want this. It's so cool. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, calling back to actually something, JG, you mentioned last week was uh, the sending off of those adolescent clones in like the very first episode of The Bad Batch uh, that ended up potentially being the clones in season two of this episode that uh, Hunter and Wrecker found. What did she know at that time? What did Nala say no? Because this is before the siege of Camino. This is so early on in this whole thing that she sends them off being like, oh, yeah, don't worry, kids. This is totally normal. This is all you're going to be soldiers. This is just a regular thing. You're just being sent away for training. What did she know? Like, has she been in, you know, uh, 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 geez, what's his name? Um, Hemlock. Oh, Hemlock. Hemlock. Yeah, I said Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah. Has she been in his pocket the entire time? Like, what is going on? Because he doesn't always show up until, like, season two, right? Yeah. She's such an interesting character because, like, she has, like, hidden motives. And we just don't know what those are. Like, obviously, like, what Oz said, like, she's science-driven. She has an affection mm-hmm. for her. But, like, she obviously has something for herself. Something that is in this thing that we don't realize yet. And I think, because, like, I don't, she's not Team Empire at this point mm-hmm. in... I don't. I. I really. It could be ignorance. Could be ignorance. Maybe she just honestly just genuinely did not know. The it thing be tragic. Well, here's the thing. I because I think Oz said she's not a good person. She's science over humanity. It's possible that she knew some something, and then mm-hmm. and I think she's been pro Empire until they destroyed Camino. And she's like, and she she's I, in, the, in a way she's almost having like a similar arc to Crosshair, where she's like, no, I'm working with these guys, like this is my job, like I just it's my nine to five, and then all of a sudden, you know, they throw you a pizza party instead of giving you a bonus. Yeah. I think she's just very like inverse Operation Paperclip kind of vibes. Again, she's like science above humanity. She's just like, well, these are the people that's gonna, you know, well, it's also I feel like some self preservation for sure, but mm. it's like these are the people that can give me the power to do the science. All right, whatever, fine. Yeah, I um, I'm about to make a really weird reference that might not land. All right, anyone, all right. have any of y'all seen the movie Three Identical Strangers? It's a documentary. Oh, about, I, I think I've I know what you're about. Yeah, it's a fascinating story about three identical twin brothers that were given up for adoption and separated at birth, but instead of just going from there some social scientists decided we're going to watch them. Um, and the whole movie is kind of about, it's very nature versus nurture and, and there's a, a whole story to it. But I think Nala say would be one of those scientists who's like, I'm not going to influence this, but I'm going to watch it. And it's controversial because it's like, well, you should have told them that they were brothers, mm-hmm. but without getting too much into the movie, because I could talk about this for a while. I, that I movie's been on my watch list forever. Yeah, you should watch it. I saw it in an independent theater. The The couple behind us got drunk, and they were really angry at the scientists in this movie. So that's how you know it's it's like maybe legitimate science, at least social science, um, that it was a real thing. But that's that's who Nala say would be. So 
if anyone out there listening has seen this movie, please let me know because I think it fits. <laughs> it's so obscure, but like that's what I think Nala says. is up. She she is science first, except for Omega, who is like her point project. Yeah, mm. I wonder what's happening while she's sitting there, like in the captivity too. Like could like could her perspective be changing? Could like maybe science is now going that lower on her totem pole now and and other mm. things are rising and such like i'm curious to see like what what would the story be if she does end up surviving the bad batch i think yeah. that would be so rich and i really i hope so i don't think so but i hope so no i think at this point she's probably accepted her fate outside of the yeah. point of i'll do whatever i can to protect omega as long as i can but i know i'm probably kind of screwed so yeah. um but yeah, any final thoughts on this episode before we kind of push forward a little bit? The, um, we we briefly talked about the ending, um, but I think we should we should properly talk. I mean, the ending was so, that was the best part of the episode for a lot of reasons. One, it was the most emotional and and the most plot forward, whatever. But um, the kind of score was so yeah. good, like. The moon design, whatever that oh, moon they were on, it's like the really cool. The third time they've done like a sick moon setting in the yeah. Bad Batch, and every time it hits, yeah, yeah, it felt like you often mention Shadows of the Sith. It felt, um, it made me think of a moon that Luke fights, whatever that blue chick's name is. Oh, Kiza. Oh, the Pantoran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in Shadow of the Sith, it made me think of that. Uh, that ending was so good and it felt not cheesy at all. It was totally earned and it worked. I loved the ending of the episode. Yeah. There's that, that wide shot. It's like, mm. it shows Omega running, uh, towards, yes. uh, towards Wrecker. Oh my God. I would frame that and put it on my wall. It was mm. so Yeah. Great. It's each, each, both of the two ships have a light coming basically down their hatch I I I saw the exact same thing. Yeah, very every frame is a painting. Loved it. Yes, I love how she's in between them, almost as if she's like she's going to literally be the bridge between the two the two parties right mm-hmm. now. Great. Yeah, that's a that's a that's cool. I um I I will say this isn't about this episode specifically, but more about just this season. Is the just going on lighting the the lighting of this show has been so good and and so much better than the first two seasons and i'm not shitting on the first two seasons because i remember when those came out yeah those are like, great back the then point. Yeah. animation we've gotten in a long time it looks so good and then this looks somehow even better and it there's so many shots in this episode like there's a shot when the, they're when they're um I, I don't remember if it's in the beginning when they're crashing their ship or if it's at the end of the episode no i think it's when they're crashing their yeah it's when they're crashing their ship and there's all those like jagged like spikes kind of mm-hmm. in the ground. I don't know. Like the the geography is pretty. Um, I got solo vibes on that planet in the beginning. In fact, the whole big, this episode is very similar to the beginning of Solo in that it's someone is on this kind of Corellian grimy planet and they play some sort of poker esque game. I'm going off on a tangent. I just I love this episode. That was phenomenal. It's oh, great. We don't do tangents here. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think one final thing about the final scene there, um, if for the music, um, I think it's interesting that they were because uh, Crosshair has like two themes. He has like the one that's very mechanical. Whenever he's like very much in the imperial mindset, um, and more 
dark-sided, I guess, for like a better term. But then there's also that more softer tone, and they ended up playing that one in this one. And I thought that was interesting now as we've seen him progress, like how he actually showed a little bit of affection towards Batcher, and now how he's now about to meet his brothers again. And they started to play that specific music and like even mixed it in with a little bit of Omega. It's like, kinders. (laughs) Great stuff, as always. Yeah, the kinders don't miss. For sure. And this episode, again, has been brought to you by the Cosmic Force. Again, the Cosmic Force is your weekly one-stop shop for Star Wars comics discussion. Every Wednesday, you will hear myself, Oz, and Caleb talking about whatever new comics came out, as well as all the cool news, the cool happenings happening with Star Wars comics. Oz, what is what are some of your favorite things to talk about when it comes to comics? Why are they such a fun medium to discuss on like a regular basis? I mean, obviously, we all love the storylines that are going on in the comics, but if you want to listen to the comic force, your cosmic force, you're going to hear things like why we are frustrated about certain collected editions. Mm-hmm. But more, more than that, you're going to hear about why we love the art, why we love the writing of stuff that you might have missed if you're just reading the books. There's a lot going on. And we go on rants and tangents, just like we have been on this bounty hunt. But it's a lot of fun. Come join us. That's that's it. I, I must say, bold take. If you like Star Wars archives, I think you will very much like the Cosmic Force. Uh, like, I think our our level of getting into obscure, random things and like talking about like super deep cuts and how they connect with Star Wars comics, because Star Wars comics have a lot of deep cut holes from like. I'm going to reference this thing that was in a, a like RPG guy from 97 once. Like that's, that's a very star Wars comics thing. If you are into that kind of stuff, I definitely highly recommend checking out the cosmic force, which again is in your podcast feeds every single Wednesday discussing the newest star Wars comics. So if you, again, if you like star Wars comics, if you like deep cuts, if you like star Wars archive, I'm just going to say it, come out and check the cosmic force. All right, gang, we are moving on to our, community questions and predictions for the next week. We have a few questions this time loaded up, so I want to hear all your thoughts about this. Lando comes to us from Discord. Uh, first, he has a bit of a joke question. We hear apparently, I, I did not fact check this, apparently we hear a Porg sound effect. I've seen other people say this. Uh, when you're at the cargo base with all the animals in cages, have the Empire been to Octo? Have they seen the first Jedi Temple? Uh, or is this some offshoot species of Porgs? How have the Porg creatures arrived there did they have to rotoscope out penguins out of the animation what happened <laughs> i listened to this like three or four times after seeing people claim this i could not find it i put on the captions i slowed it down i could not find it it is very jurassic park-esque but i did not see any uh park or any uh borgs here borgs so i there was I, there was a moment where i heard some sort of a sound <laughs> my my knee-jerk reaction is always to think that it's the Wilhelm scream, but that, that's, <laughs> fair. that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Was that the Wilhelm scream?" But this time, I was like, "Wait a minute, what? What was that sound?" And now that you say it, I feel like it. It that it, I could see that being or hear that being a board potentially. That's fair. I don't know about that. Um, I I will only mention this because Stephen also has a young child. There is a book called Chewy and the Porgs. You should all check out Stephen. I don't know if you have read this. I've not with your son, but um, it's a fun book. Obviously, it has very low stakes, but it technically covers what Chewy was up to during the Last Jedi while he was on Octo. 
Um, I don't know what that has to do with the actual sound effect used it's not, in it's, this. It's on one of those books that has like the sound effect button that you can hit while you're reading to your kid. Or uh, no, but I have a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it, it. It very much, you know, it it shows Chewie's dialogue. It's like, you know that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I yeah, I did not watching this episode appreciate the Porg reference. Clearly, yeah. I missed that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for the offshoot species. We have basically pseudo wampas in Jedi Survivor. We have some version of a Tuka cat slash Loth cat slash whatever on basically every planet in the Star Wars galaxy, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I yeah, probably probably um you know a whatever cousin a lot a Loth uh, Loth whatever Jesus I can't speak Lothborg Lothborg is somewhere Lothborg. Made his way to this planet that we'll find out the name of tomorrow morning when StarWars.com posts the write up. Anyways, um, and a real question. We had a real question, right? <laughs> from, yeah, real question from Lando. Will Cody show up this season? Last season, everyone was waiting and waiting for him to show up, and he never arrived. Do you think he just walked off into the sunset, or has he maybe potentially joined Rex and Echo and they're kind of in uh, Cinder Chuchi in their like clone uh, efforts in some way? Will we He's part of the A squad? He's part of the A squad with them. A I, I think squad. He'll, yeah, I think he'll come back and uh, he is going to die this season. Like, we're going to see his <laughs> on, on camera. God dang, JG. JG what well, he's fuck? he's not uh, around. It's not like a happy ending. So. If we see Cody come back, does that mean we get an Obi-Wan cameo? Like, how does that work? Like, I feel it'd be weird to just bring them up and they never see each other again. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we the question I have that follows all all these questions if we have time is about cameos. But yeah, I would love to see Obi Wan. I mean, Cody, the Cody episode last season, I think that was season two, right? No, well, based on the 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 wording of this question, I don't think Cody was in last season. Was was that the first season? Jeez, No, no, Cody. Cody was in, wasn't it? Whenever there was, they were in front of like that wall. He was yeah, but I just season. don't remember which season. Anyway, that was whichever season it was. It was uh-huh. a great episode. I would be down to see him again. Um, I mean, I always love to see people we know, and he did try to kill Obi Wan. That's not a great thing. He missed though, so it's fine. Yeah, maybe he missed on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to see Cody. I think we also a lot of clone fans are really. Hoping to see Gregor or Wolf this season, so those would be also some really big gets. But have a few other transition to Rebels. Yes, yeah, yeah. We gotta figure out how the the old man squad uh, first met up and decided to go together. But a few other questions we want to hit through. Amir asked this. um, It's kind of going back to last week, but if Omega has a blood count with a sizable, sorry, blood sample with a sizable M count, does this mean Boba Fett is also potentially force sensitive? I'm just saying no, but uh, why? <laughs> no, yeah, it'd be fun. Um, if, if, I don't like, know. Maybe someone's gonna write like an Elseworlds comic about how <laughs> Boa Fett has the Force and is the the uh, you know reincarnation of uh, Tar Vizsla or something. I don't know. I think her sizable M count is intentional, and whatever is going on with the whole Nala story. Yeah, that is the aberration. So, so I don't think that is any connection to both. Um, can I just say I don't care about M counts? Like, <laughs> can I say that? You'll I'm have sure to. You're going to have to eventually. So, 
Um, I, <laughs> I just, I, I like, I like the reframing of midichlorians as M counts. I feel like they're sort of toning down whatever George was doing in Phantom Menace. I just don't care about M counts. I don't. Yeah. And so I hope that like whatever happened in season or sorry, in episode three where they were like, Oh, this is good M count. That's the end of it. And then we don't explore it further. I don't want to know. That's how yeah. I, that's where yeah. I stand. Bro, bro. That's uh, right. A next question from both both Caroline and S and Gia asked very similar questions. Uh, what do we think Nala says fate is? We talked about this a little bit, um, but yeah, do we think she makes out alive? Is Omega going to come back and rescue her? How does she make it out of there if she does? So I think from a storytelling perspective, I think Nala say will die at the hands of Hemlock in front of Omega as some sort of leverage. Like it will be like Hemlock is, is it, it, like some ultimatum will happen, will happen and, or, or it'll be some tragic thing where Hemlock would be like, if you don't do blah, 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 then I'll kill Nala Say. And then Omega's like, oh, fine, don't kill Nala Say. I won't. Okay. And then he'll kill her anyway. I think is mm. what's going to happen. I, I just think it was a very cool, clever moment of her being like, oh, it's a false positive. Cause I like after last episode i thought she was immediately cooked but the fact that she's yeah. like kind of devised a strategy to keep herself alive a little bit longer i think was very clever on her behalf yeah i don't know if it really worked like i don't think yeah really bought it. it it bought her some time it gives her some like plausible deniability at the very least so it's not yeah it's not like a you're instantly gone but we'll see um i but i think yeah she definitely probably has to be gone you know we also eventually are going to have her research end up in the hands of um the doctor from Mandalorian Pershing, yes. So Doctor Pershing, but yeah. Uh, any... Which, in case you haven't seen the discourse on this, the show does tie into the sequel trilogy. It does. It does. Yes. We we're getting there, and I'm I'm very excited about it. I don't know. I don't know, but whatever. I, we, I thought we they were retconning that. Yeah, yeah. Like, that Steven, you're definitely not coming back now. I can't. I can't with this conversation. <laughs> Kathleen right. Kennedy is getting fired. No, no, no. Kyle cut this out. Kyle cut this out. I'm all about <laughs> building out the sequel trilogy. Love Shadow of the Sith. Based. Um, all right. So moving on. We That's actually, wait, no, we have one more question. Sorry. Um, Eric asks, um, Omega tells Crosshair to uh, try it his way at the end. Do we think this is more reminiscent of her change in philosophy on the whole? Has she realized what's going on? What's going to be necessary to fight this new threat? We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. I think it's a bit of both, but you know, you, you got to meet in the middle somewhere. But I don't know if anyone else has any other new thoughts on that whole question. No, I think you're right. I think that um, I think that was the whole point of them teaming up was was Crosshair realizing that uh, you know you don't have to shoot first, but then what Omega when she goes, all right, let's yeah, let's do this your way. And he's like, hell yeah. And, and just open fire. There's different approaches that can work in different moments. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, any predictions for next week? We have it's episode five called the return. Is it literally just the return of crosshair to the batch? Or is it something maybe a little bit more, something a little different Do we think return of Sid? That's also, that's not off the table. I wouldn't complain. And, and you're crazy for that. I'm just gonna say it. It's the return of Ventress. 
Oh, that's, we know that's, yeah. we know she's coming back at some point. That would be a great time to do it. I don't think it's happening yet. Yeah, the I, I should note that. Uh, so next week is the return. The week after that is one of those two episode weeks. So think of that mm. in, in terms of the pacing of the season. You know, maybe maybe some kind of big reveal in that first half of those episodes, and then that gets played out in the second half. So you know, we'll see. I did not pull the titles for that because I'm lazy, but again. Maybe, 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 maybe Ventress is a little bit later. Although I would love her earlier in the season, just so we get more potential time with her. Yeah, and I did have, um, not necessarily that. Ne- whoa, whoa, not necessarily related to that. I had one question for everyone: What is our tech survival meter at? Because I feel like last week we were all divided on whether or not tech is coming back. Did yeah. this week change where we stand on that? No, he dead. Bureau. Dead, dead. <laughs> dead, dead. Body's he's, cold. Yeah. Hey, I will... here's, here's the reason why I think he's dead is because okay. this, the Star Wars Twitter, it was like Twitter or Instagram or something, one of their social media handles, tw- it, leading up to the this the premiere of this season, you know, they always say, you know, catch up on the, mm-hmm. the past few seasons of the show on Disney+. Plus. That, the tweet or whatever post that they put out said, um, watch the Bad Batch and see Tech be totally fine and nothing bad happened to him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nothing bad happened. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> here's dead. here's my... Because you asked how our thoughts changed based on this week. Here's my answer based on that. I still think he's maybe 30 40% alive. Uh, but if it was going to change, it'd be based on the fact that there's going to be obviously some tension between Crosshair and the other batch members, if tech comes back alive, you then have the added like tension of like the re part of the reason we got into the scenario in the first place of tech seemingly being dead for so long is because of Crosshair in their minds, at least. Um, Ooh, I like that. So, you know, maybe, Hey, there's some extra, extra blame, extra guilt we can put on Crosshair and some, a wedge to drive between the other members. But yeah, I don't think it's really moved the needle to be fair. Yeah, I don't want him to come back, to be fair. I just am worried that it's going to happen, so I wanted to sort of test the waters there. It might. It might. Yeah. I I just I don't want a Rise of Skywalker chewy moment. Oh. I don't want that. Like, just hit him with a moon and just get it over with. <laughs> or Kana, you know? That yeah. was 20 years ago, Jacob. Yeah, I was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was eight. I've I've never read that book. I just have seen the picture. So, um, yeah. Any final thoughts before we sign off for this evening? Good episode overall. Yep. My my final thought, and it's just it, it's mostly just wishful thinking. Is where will we ever get Kane and Jarus to show back up? He's in no. the first episode. Oh, my nope. God. He's in the first episode, and then no. he's just gone. I think is that's it just a cameo. Is that all I, it was? I think that's all we need from him. I, I to be honest, it's just so. like in Tales of the Jedi, where he's watching Ahsoka train. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear mm-hmm. Freddie Prince come back again. Please, no, that no, no, no. Mm. Well, weird, weird hard line stance to just, take. Just you didn't a, like a, the, a quick you didn't uh, like that voice in the beginning. It's oh. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> a very, a very quick okay. voice. Look, I listen to I a like lot of Star Wars audio Just the voice, okay? Be very oh, clear. I have li- I have listened to Mark Thompson voice 13-year-old girls. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> well, if you want to hear more of this, you'll have to tune into the Patreon portion of this. But wait, no, we don't do that. Anyways, 
Uh, well, this has been fun, you guys. It's been great talking about the Bad Batch with all of you. Thanks again to the Cosmic Force for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to check out their newest episode again every Wednesday. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and sharing in our passion for all things Star Wars television. If you're looking for other great podcasts about Star Wars, nerd culture, and sports, be sure to check out the rest of our lineup in the Utini Podcast Network. If you haven't already, be sure to show us some support and leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps bring in new members of the community and get the word out. If you're a proud member of the United on Patreon, thank you so much. An extra special thank you to Brian Dooley, Carl Sander, Michael Fry, and Raymond Bazinski on our Jedi High Council, as well as James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Five, Chris Carrizo, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for all of their amazing and continued support. Let's keep the party going over in Discord, where we're continuing the conversation with other Utenians about this week's episode in Star Wars The Bad Batch, that channel. A uh, huge shout-out to our editor, Kyle, for all of his excellent work in getting us to your feed so quickly. And thank you, as always, to Wes for the Utini Network support. Thank you to all of our fantastic listeners. You really are the heart of our community, and we love your stories, your voices, and your passions. That's what makes us all so special. That's it for us this week. Keep exploring, keep sharing, and let's have a great time together. May the Force be with you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com. 